Hey, this is Nate with Purity for Life. This is the last episode in our mini-series, Refined as Silver, and we're going to cap it off by talking with Rose Cologne about forgiveness. This subject is really personal for Rose because she had to learn how to forgive her husband, almost literally, from day one. When we got back from our honeymoon, he disappeared on me. Wow. Can you imagine? Well, after three months, she ended up saying to herself, I'm not doing this, but... The Lord would challenge me. Are you willing to forgive and love him? And that was difficult because it was like, he doesn't deserve my forgiveness. But the Lord would remind me, what have I forgiven you of? So Rose stuck it out. She forgave and forgave and forgave. And today she's going to talk with us about how radical true forgiveness is, the challenges that come up when we seek to live this way, and the incredible freedom that comes through forgiveness. We display the message of the cross to a world or even the church that needs to know what forgiveness, love, and reconciliation looks like. Our marriages should represent that. And the greater the offense, the greater the crime, how much greater should the mercy be? Because that's what God has done for us. All right, that's what's coming up. Thanks for joining us. So as we prepare for this series, um, Patrick and I called each of the women that we would be interviewing, and one of the things that was a real blessing for us was seeing how for each of them there was something really specific that God kind of put his finger on. And so for Kathy, it was a lot about faith. For Jenny, it was learning to trust. For Susan, it was about submission to Sean. And then a couple of weeks ago, I had a conversation with Rose Cologne, and the thing that really stood out to her was forgiveness. So that's what the focus of our conversation will be today. Rose, thanks for coming in. Oh, it's wonderful being here tonight. Um, Rose, you're a seasoned biblical counselor. You counseled for Pure Life for over 20 years, and now you and your husband, Jeff, have a biblical counseling center and a church. (laughs) So you probably spend quite a bit of time talking about forgiveness. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, for you, it's more than just a theological thing. It's also very personal because you were in a marriage where you were betrayed. So could you just share a little of your own testimony about having to walk in forgiveness? Sure. I met Jeff back in 1989, and we wound up getting married in 1991, and When we got back from our honeymoon, he disappeared on me. Wow. And I was totally blown away because I wound up marrying him, knowing something wasn't right. But I didn't know what it was until when he disappeared, I started, because we were together, living Uh together. Now, things were standing out to me. I, Mm. I could tell he was involved in drugs and just coming home totally wasted and... I didn't know it opened up the door to other things that he was getting involved in, too. So the first three months of my marriage, I was like, I can't do this. I'm not doing this. Wow. So I went to my leadership 
at church and told them what was going on. And they told us about Teen Challenge. So he went away into Teen Challenge. I think it was around eight months. And then when he graduated from Teen Challenge, two weeks, he was home and he went back out again. Mm. And I'm devastated because I felt like we wasted eight months. You know, what was that eight months all about a teen challenge? You're still going out using drugs. So my pastors were very involved, told him what was going on. They were holding him accountable. But each time he would go out, I didn't know what he was doing out there. I knew about the drugs, but I didn't know what else came with that. Mm. So the Lord would challenge me. Are you willing to forgive and love him regardless? And that was difficult because it was like... But why? I mean, he doesn't deserve mm-hmm. my forgiveness. But the Lord would remind me, what have I forgiven you of? And did you deserve my forgiveness? So each time it was like, okay, Lord, I'll forgive him. But he kept going back out, doing it over and over and over again. So he wound up going into another program under Times Square Church in Manhattan for three months That was a year and a half into the marriage. Did good for eight months. And then eight months seems to be the magic number. (laughs) (laughs) His father passed away and he went off the deep end. And at that point, my pastor told me everything Jeff was doing because he had been meeting with him. Yes, he didn't tell me. But when Jeff went out that last time when his dad passed away, he told me everything that he was visiting prostitutes and. And at that point, I was like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is now three years into the marriage, and I'm saying, I'm not doing this anymore, you know. But my pastor said, I know of another program. And I'm like, <laughs> right. but how many programs do we do, <laughs> right, yeah. you know? I mean, just, this is going to be my whole married right. life. So that's when we found out about Pure Life. So we were married three years, and he gave Jeff an ultimatum that if he didn't go to the program, if he didn't come here, that he would allow me to divorce him. Mm. And at that point, when I found out everything he was doing, I was ready for a divorce. I was like, I'm ready to file the papers now. But again, the Lord was challenging me, would you forgive him for what he's done? And everything in me didn't want to, but he kept pointing me to the cross and what he did for me. And I knew I can't hold on to this as much as I want to. I have to forgive him. So I really wrestled with that the first three years of our marriage. And what I came to realize was God was trying to teach me a lesson through all of this. Mm. He wanted me to learn something through everything we were going through and really was how to love Mm. and forgive because that's something that I've had to do my whole married life. We're married now 31 years will be this year, Hmm. but it's been forgiving over and over again, not Hmm. for sexual sin or drugs or stuff, but for other things, you know, everyday little petty things that come up. (laughs) So, you know, I'm thankful, even though it was painful in the beginning, that the Lord brought me through that. But I saw it's something I needed to learn because I didn't realize how full of bitterness I was Hmm. because of other things that had nothing to do with Jeff. I had a past that I was bitter at my parents, my dad. I mean, there was so much junk in my heart. And God was using this to stir it all up Wow! so I could take a look at it and start dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's really kind of the 
point of this whole series, um, refined as silver. You know, that's mm. what Kathy's vision for the series really was, mm. was mm -hmm. that these trials, mm -hmm. this betrayal, this infidelity mm -hmm. stirs up a lot of things even in the, in the woman's heart mm -hmm. that it's good for her to see and deal with. Mm -hmm. One of the things that came out when we had that conversation a few weeks ago is that when you look at forgiveness in the Bible, it's just like otherworldly. You know, it's mm -hmm. really astonishing. Can you talk about that? Yeah, well, I came from a family that they held on to their anger and their bitterness. I could remember family members saying, I'm going to take this to my grave. Mm. And when I looked at their lives, some of them were in their 70s, 80s. I was like, I don't want to be like that. Mm. I do not want to be a bitter old woman taking all these offenses <laughs> to the grave with me, not realizing. I mean, they weren't saved, but I was saved, and I knew that according to God's word, Jesus made it very clear. If you don't forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you. Mm -hmm. So this was totally foreign to me, this whole concept of just how to walk that out, because I had never seen that walked out in my life. Oh, sure. Growing okay. up as a kid. Yeah, yeah. You know, I never saw no that. Model. No, mm -hmm. mm -mm, never saw it. So I had to learn, what does that really mean? What does that really look like to love in that way? Because I saw that in and of myself, I couldn't do it. But when I leaned into the Lord by being dependent upon him to give me what I needed to walk it out, and the more I spent time in his word and seeing that it's all over the Bible, mm -hmm. <laughs> I realized this is something divine. This is something supernatural that I need mm -hmm. God to help me with. You know, I can't do it in the natural. Yeah. Were there any specific scriptures that was like, you know, kind of a slap in the face. Yeah, well, you know, one of the ones that really got me over and over again, as I mentioned, in the, especially the early years, when Peter had asked the Lord, Lord, how many times do I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times, surely there's be a limit, right? <laughs> right, I mean, right. Cut it off at some time. <laughs> but Jesus said, I don't say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times 70. And I realized that, man, how do you do that? And when I realized he wants us to be in a life of forgiving people, because Jesus said in, in mm. Luke 17, 1, it's impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through who they do come. Mm -hmm. So I realized that my husband is going to sin against me or do things against me that might offend me, but am I willing to obey the words of Jesus, hmm. because every time I would get in the Word, and that's one thing my pastor back home used to always tell me, when Jeff was out in his sin, he would always say, you need to get in the Word, and you need to pray, and have the Lord show you what to do when he comes home. Hmm. And every time I got in the Word, and I was seeking the Lord, it was always, I can't tell you how many times through Scripture, it was always the Scripture you forgive love, forgive, mm. love. But Lord, don't I have a right to hold on 
to this offense, this thing that he keeps doing, my rights. And he would just show me the cross again. How have I loved you? How have I forgiven you? And I knew I can't hold on to the stones I had in my hand that I want to throw at my husband. I had to like lay him down on the ground and it was painful. There were times I wrestled with the Lord, but I knew clearly what his word said on the topic. And I knew if I don't forgive, I'm like putting myself in a prison Mm -hmm. inside. My husband's not in prison. I'm in a prison inside. But he also was giving me the key how to come out and was, are you willing to obey my words? Are you willing to do my words? Mm. So it was really an act of my will. Was mm-hmm. I going to be obedient to the Lord in this area or insist on he owes me? You know, because that was the other thing that stands out to me in Matthew 18 when he told the parable about the unjust uh, servant who was forgiven oh, yeah. a debt. And then the Lord had compassion and mercy on him, but that same person went out and grabbed someone who owed him less than by the throat, demanding you owe me, and the master was angry at his servant. He said, shouldn't you have had compassion Mm. on him like I've had compassion on you? And that was a warning. You know, I would read scripture verses like that, and it was like a warning to me, Rose, if you don't let this thing go, this is what you're setting yourself up for. That was scary to me. Mm. You know, so even though I had seen a different side from different ones in my family, I've taken it to my grave. Right. I was like, no, Lord, I don't want to be that. So I have to choose to no matter how much it's going to cost me to lay it down. Yeah, and what's amazing too is that you were being asked to forgive before Jeff ever really showed any sign that he even really cared. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he wouldn't come home and say, I sinned against you, would you forgive me? Right. Usually what would happen, we would go to church service because my pastor dragged him basically, would call him and tell him, I don't care what you did, how you feel. I want to see you in church on Sunday. And it was when he would go to church and then really come under heavy conviction that he would ask me for forgiveness. But I had to choose ahead of time Mm. to walk in that, whether he asked for forgiveness or not. I read a quote not too long ago that said, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and to discover that prisoner was you. Wow. It's you. So it's like, okay, What am I going to do in this situation? You know, if I didn't want to be a prisoner to anger, bitterness, resentment all of my life, I had to keep persevering Mm. in this area of my life by submitting my will to the Lord, allowing the Holy Spirit to show me when I was holding on to these emotions in my heart. Sure. And I had to keep looking at what Jesus did on the cross for me because like Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. So there's no way around it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think there's probably some women who are listening who are really attracted by what you're saying, that it is really a beautiful thing to forgive. But um, maybe sometimes forgiveness is a little confusing because 
in one way, you can't really control the feelings and you can't really control the memories. Mm -hmm. And so it makes it kind of seem like forgiveness is a process where you decide I'm going to forgive mm -hmm. even though I'm still maybe feeling hurt. Struggling. Feeling angry. Yeah, just mm -hmm. kind of struggling. Do you agree with that, that forgiveness is a process? I want to watch how I say this because forgiveness is a choice, right? Okay. It's an act of my will. Uh -huh. However, emotions and feelings get stirred up when we remember, when, let's say, something happens. I'll give a good example of okay. this, okay? okay? I remember... If I know the audience, it's hard to believe we didn't have cell phones at one point because everything's <laughs> now cell phones. But back in the day when we were here at Pure Life, yeah. okay, we were interns going through the program. Steve had asked Jeff to do uh, an errand. So he went down to Florence, did an errand. I don't know what took him so long. But when Steve came into my office and said, "Have you? do, do you know where Jeff is? Panic set in. In my mind, it's like, where is he? He must be out sinning. I mean, it just stirred up a whole bunch of emotions in me. Sure. And what happened was there was an accident on the interstate. And those that know this area, if there's an accident on the interstate, you're stuck. There's no cell phone. He can't call to tell yeah, us I'm right. stuck in traffic. But by the time he showed up, I was like the old Rose, totally freaked out accusing him like he had done something and he's just like I couldn't I couldn't get in touch with you there was an accident and I started seeing wow now had I forgiven him I had but all memories of the past stirred everything up and my emotions got caught up sure. and because my mind was just totally out of control at that point with all the what ifs or he's doing this or the other thing when he show, finally showed up, it was like he was guilty. In my mind, he was guilty. And I started seeing, man, this is, it's something you have to be on guard about. Okay. I, I wouldn't say a process because I had forgiven him, but I had to be on guard that there's going to be certain things from the past that remind me of when he did used to go out and sin. But it doesn't mean that he's out sinning. Sure, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So the process for me, if I could put it this way, the process was more for me to work through those emotions okay. biblically more than even questioning myself, did I forgive him or not forgive him? I'm not sure. You know, it yeah. was just, no, I had to just learn how to work through my emotions, yeah. that process, yeah, and line them up with scripture and look at what is true today, not the past, what's true today. God did a work in my husband's life. I did see the fruit of repentance in his life. But like I said, there's certain things that would stir up yeah. all that stuff from the past. And the longer you have that history of that being sinned against in that way, for example, we were married three years, but I just counseled a woman at the counseling center that has been married over 35 years with her husband. So she's got 35 years yeah. of being sinned against. Yeah. So working through all those 35 years of emotions has been difficult for her, mm -hmm. but she has forgiven her husband. 
Okay. But she's just trying to work through, okay, how do I process my emotions when they come up? Yeah. Reminding me of 35 years yeah, of yeah, stuff yeah. that has happened. So yeah. hopefully okay. that makes sense. Yeah, I think it does. So basically what you're saying is that the forgiveness is an act of the will. So really it's an event. Like I am forgiving. Yes. And then from that point on, you're learning how to walk in that forgiveness yes. when things come up. Because yeah. things always will. Mm-hmm. Things will be stirred up or even just, you know, other ways that your husband might sin against you that's not sexual sin. Yeah. And it's like you can easily use that as a way to drag up a lot of those old sins if you want to. And sometimes you see that, you know, when you're counseling a woman, sometimes you'll see she'll drag all that stuff back up. But she said she forgave him. (laughs) Right. But she's just, she's got to work through that, her Mm -hmm. mind, you know, just learning how to take control of her mind and meditate on scriptures and and focus on, no, love believes the best. You know, I think about First mm. Corinthians 13, it suffers long, it thinks no evil. And she really has to learn how to discipline her mind by not choosing to dwell on the record of wrongs or the things okay. that he's done. And by choosing not to keep talking about, oh, you know what he did to me? To other people. Mm-hmm. You know, keep bringing up the pain, or even to him. Mm-hmm. You know, even to him. So... It, it's really a learning how to discipline the flesh, letting the Holy Spirit discipline the flesh and dying to those things, you know, that just don't glorify the Lord. And mm-hmm. they're not a help to the husband because the husband already feels like a failure. You know what I mean? So if she's throwing these things up in his face, she's beating him down. She's not encouraging him. Mm-hmm. And they need our encouragement as they walk in through this. You know, especially if you see fruits of repentance in their lives, we need to believe the best for them, mm-hmm. you know, because God can set them free and deliver them. Yeah, that's good that you talked about some of those challenges where you're experiencing the feelings of hurt, experiencing the feelings of betrayal, other things are coming up that are reminding you of those sins and just that discipline of I'm going to walk out this forgiveness. I I would think it would take a lot of effort, a lot of determination to keep doing that. There'd be many opportunities to go back on that forgiveness. Mm -hmm. One of the things you brought up a couple weeks ago is when a husband comes and says, well, you haven't forgiven me because you don't trust me. I would think that that would really hurt to hear. Um, it'd be confusing. Yeah. And how do you help a wife when she's in that situation? Well, I'll ask you a question. Oh, oh <laughs> what? <laughs> Turning the tables. Okay. When can you trust a liar again? Or someone who's deceptive? I would say after a period of time where you've seen that He no longer lies. He tells the truth. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes the husbands, what I've seen over the years in counseling, the wife is truly, I mean, I've seen the wife truly walking in forgiveness, but the husband will tell her, because you don't trust me, you don't forgive me. Mm. And I always tell the wife, I answer the same question I just asked you, 
when can you trust a liar mm. or when can you trust someone that's deceptive when he starts telling the truth speaking the truth living in truth walking in truth you can trust right again so because she's not trusting her husband doesn't mean that she doesn't forgive him because she doesn't trust him if that yeah, makes sense yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what i mean yeah yeah so it's it's a challenge for a wife at that time because sometimes the wife will become introspective too, saying, well, did I forgive him? But I, I thought I forgave him of this, but yeah. she really has forgiven him. Right. But if he's still going out, sinning against her in this area, of course she's not going to trust you, but it doesn't mean she has not forgiven mm-hmm. you. Once you start sharing your struggles with your wife and being honest and real about what's going on inside, you'll find that she is starting to trust again. Mm. But it's not so much you. She's trusting your walk with the Lord because you're allowing God to expose the sin and you're confessing it. Mm. Whereas in the past, maybe you never did that before. I mean, that's how I knew God was working in my husband's heart. Because in the early years, he wouldn't share anything with me about his struggles. But when I saw him seeking the Lord and then coming and saying, you know, God's convicted me of X, Y, and Z or showing me this about myself or that about myself, I started seeing he's walking in the light with the Lord, you know, and I could trust that because he's walking in the light with the Lord in that way, I could trust that God knows how to bring sin to the surface that needs to come to the surface. But then, too, he's able to keep him. He wants to be kept because he's dealing with the sin, whereas in the past he wasn't. Yeah. You know, so that's what the wife should be looking for with the husband. And, and if the husband is doing those things, then he'll find that the wife does start trusting him again. In, okay. In, Baby steps. I want yeah, to say it's yeah, going to be yeah. baby steps. It's not going to happen overnight. And, right. and that's what I've seen over the years, too. Sometimes a husband does the program. Okay, I'm home. You got to trust me. Yeah. I, sorry, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know, yeah, you have yeah. to earn that back. Right. It's been totally destroyed. Mm. So, yeah. you know, but one of the ways of earning that back is by walking in the light and walking in truth, being accountable to your spiritual leaders. Mm-hmm. Being willing to submit mm-hmm. to their counsel and their authority in your lives. If you're not seeing that, if, yeah, if the wife's yeah, not yeah. seeing that, that's red flag, red flag. Yeah. Something's not right. Okay. Yeah, something's off. So, um, One thing that you brought up as kind of a barrier to forgiveness is when a wife believes that she's better than her husband. And <laughs> I'm just going to let you go ahead with that one. <laughs> Yeah, well, it reminds me of the Pharisee and the tax collector. You know, when the wife says, well, I would never, or how could you, or I would have. It's basically being like the Pharisee and the tax collector. You know, I'm better than you. Mm. You know, I wouldn't sin in that way. But, you know, the thing that stands out to me is if, us ladies would think about our own weaknesses, our own shortcomings or sins, whatever they want to call it. It's <laughs> sin, but you'll hear it categorized as a weakness or shortcoming. Oh, sure. Things that we resolve not to do, which us women have those things, but yet we keep going back to it. Mm. Just like a dog returns to the vomit, we keep going back to those same things that we say that we're not going to do anymore. Well, 
when you have a sight of your heart in that way and your husband, sin is sin. Mm-hmm. So to look down upon him as he's struggling through, well, look at your own heart and what you're struggling through to get victory over, if I could say it that way. You know, the reality is it's very easy to get self-righteous by looking down upon your spouse. But reality is when you see your own need and your own shortcomings and your own failures and your own sin, again, however you want to label it, Mm -hmm. you realize I'm no better than he is. So how can I be self-righteous in this situation? We come back to God has had mercy on me. Mm-hmm. And keeps having mercy on me, just like he has mercy on my husband. And the thing what you find there, when you're both in that attitude towards one another and before the Lord, you're both at the foot of the cross. There's no room for finger pointing there. Mm. You know what I mean? But when you're self-righteous, you're rising up above your husband. And we have to realize our righteousness is filthy rags mm. before the Lord. So, you know, it's... It's a fine line not to cross, but one of the things I heard, I think it was Nancy Lee DeMoss said, we have to, as women, preach the gospel to ourselves every day, seeing our own need for the gospel, what Jesus did on the cross every Mm. single day. If we do that, you won't be holding stones in your hand waiting to throw it because you'll realize for the grace of God, there go I. If it wasn't for God's grace, I could be worse than my husband is. Maybe not in sexual sin, oh, okay. but being very self-righteous because God says my righteousness is just filthy rags. Mm. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I guess I could kind of see how some women would still find that a little bit hard to swallow because it's like, okay, yeah, so I do struggle maybe, let's say gossip, right? Mm-hmm. I do struggle with gossip. But, like, I mean, surely that's not as bad as going out and cheating on your wife, you know? You know how destructive gossip is? Gossip splits churches, Mm. destroys people's reputation. I, I say that because we've seen it. My husband and I have seen it. And it's very evil. It's sin. It's the acceptable sin. If I could say it that way. Mm -hmm. Sexual sin is like, oh, it's so terrible. But gossip is just as destructive and just as evil. And it's sin. Jesus had to die on the cross for that as well. Mm. You know, so I know women have a hard time with that, just hearing these things. But I had to take a good look at my heart through this whole process. And I had to be honest with myself and honest before the Lord. I'm just as guilty before the Lord as my husband is. And without Christ, neither one of us stands a chance. That's reality. You know, living in that reality. Again, you're down at the foot of the cross, and you're both asking the Lord for mercy. Mm. You know, and I've seen women that want to stay in that. They usually wind up destroying their marriage. They get a hard heart, rise up in pride. The husband's truly repentant. Mm -hmm. And some women have divorced their husbands when their husband was truly repentant. And Mm. that's a shame. Yeah. Yeah, I think as you were talking about that, um, 
it was just kind of bringing me back around to the parable that you referenced at the beginning that really the issue when it comes to Jesus is not how much you owe, but that you owe. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes. we all owe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the wages of sin is death. Yeah. Period. Yeah. That's a that's a law, a spiritual law. The wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say which sin, <laughs> all sin. Yeah. All sin. Yeah. And that's why we have to preach the gospel to ourselves every day and see our own sin, our own faults, shortcomings, whatever you want to call it, because, again, you realize I need Jesus just as much as my husband does, mm. if not more. Wow. If not more. If not more. Wow. Man. Are there women that you've said that to that really get it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. There are women that get it. Uh-huh. And there's women that they don't want to get it. They mm. refuse to. But what I see is they wind up getting hardened mm-hmm. and bitter. The very thing that I described earlier on, what I had said I didn't want my heart to be, I've seen that in women, mm. where they've gotten so hardened and bitter and resentful, and it shows all over their countenance, all over their countenance. They're miserable. They're miserable inside. They're prisoners. Yeah. It's the very thing that I read. They are the prisoner inside. Mm. And taking a look at the cross is where you let that go. You let it go. Why hold on to it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I could think of some women that now that I see that are stuck in that and, and they don't want to repent of it. They want to stay in what they're in. And you see they're trapped. Mm. They're trapped inside. Reality is these things did happen, but self-pity is so dangerous because you become that prisoner. Mm-hmm. And your heart gets harder and harder and harder. And I've seen it in the years of counseling. And my heart breaks for these women because it's like, if only you knew what it would be like to walk in freedom. You have no idea. But again, they have the key. Jesus has given us the key to unlock the door from the inside Mm -hmm. out. And if we're not willing to do it, we stay trapped. Mm Yeah, it's interesting hearing you talk about that because, you know, from Jesus's point of view in that parable, it's like if you don't forgive others, your father won't forgive you. But you've also talked about a different kind of a danger, not only not being forgiven, but just this unending prison, Mm -hmm. you know, and one day when we pass into eternity and our characters are fixed, there won't be any opportunity left to forgive. Right. And you'll be in that bitter, hardened condition forever. Yeah. Yeah. So for someone that's struggling with that, it would be good to look at scriptures, you know, to see how God has forgiven them. I think of Isaiah 43, verse 25, where it says, I, even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Psalm 103, verse 12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. He doesn't throw it back in my face. Mm. You know, he doesn't throw it back in their face. Psalm 130, verse 3, if you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who can stand? Colossians 2, verse 13, and you being dead in your trespasses 
and in the encircumcision of your flesh, he is made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. So again, if God has loved us and our husbands in this way, even though they've sinned against us, right? God has called us to love, John 15, 12. To love just as he has loved us and to forgive as he has forgiven us in Christ. And each time we choose to do this, we're walking in what the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14 and 15, where he said, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and Mm -hmm. through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. God's love is being perfected in us each time we choose to forgive, each time we choose to love in the way God has loved us. We display the message of the cross to a world or even the church that needs to know what forgiveness, love, and reconciliation looks like. Mm -hmm. What Jesus has done on the cross, our marriages should represent that. And the greater the offense, the greater the crime, how much greater should the mercy be? Because that's what God has done for us. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's my testimony. What I share comes out of testimony. It comes out of what I've seen over the years of counseling. Two pathways. There's two pathways. God's pathway or stay in that prison of self. Mm-hmm. Only they can choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I wish people could <laughs> see your face as we're talking because it's just it's amazing to me when I'm around you and Pastor Jeff because I know that he really really hurt you but I can tell from the way you guys interact with each other that it's like it never happened yeah it is it's like it never ever happened and it's the Lord I know it's the Lord because in and of myself in the beginning it was like Lord I don't want to do this Mm mm-hmm But he would remind me, okay, you don't have to, Mm. but you're going to die just like your aunts and different ones. And I was like, well, I don't want that either. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, I don't want that. I don't want to be a bitter, angry woman inside. Mm -hmm. I want to be free inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is that freedom like? You know, for somebody who maybe right now is saying, I I want to be free, what is that freedom really like? I think about Jeff and I had did a call to purity several years ago. And using our Friday night, we split the men and women up. I shared my testimony with the women, just what I'm sharing with you now, Mm -hmm. what we went through. And at the end of that service, a lady came up to me and said, you know, you truly have forgiven your husband. And I said, well, what makes you say that? And she said, because she said it's like it never happened. Mm. And when you have truly forgiven, it's like it never happened. Mm. Even though you know it happened, yeah, you know what you walked through, but it's like another life. Mm. it's not even, I can't even put into words. I wish I could put into words. It's like it happened, but the sting of it, it just seems like it was another world, Mm. another time, not even this time, another time, different. (laughs) It's hard to explain, Mm. but 
women that have chosen to forgive their husbands know what I'm talking about. Because I know them, I see their lives, and they're free. Mm. They're free. And like you said just before, just talking, you see that in them. You see it in their countenance. Mm. They truly are not holding anything in their heart to their spouse. So it's kind of hard to put it into words. It's something you live in and experience that is just, you can't even describe because it's a God thing. Mm. It's a God thing. I mean, really is a God thing. A scripture that comes to me, Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11 and 14 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Mm. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning to the end. I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it, nothing taken from it. God does it that men should fear before him. And that, I can say, is true. Mm. It's true. It's hard to describe. <laughs> it's hard to even find the right words. But you know God has done something inside. Mm. He's done something inside. All right, that's it for this mini-series, Refined as Silver. You know, I'm not a wife, and I can't understand what a betrayed wife goes through. But I do realize that a lot of the things that were said in this series sound crazy. It is so different in comparison with what you would hear in our culture. And actually, two of the women on our leadership team were talking about this very thing the other day. Kathy, our co-founder, and Carol, our director of women's counseling. And Kathy was saying that she realizes that the message that we bring to wives is really hard to swallow. And Carol chimed in and said, yeah, the first time I read your book, I threw it across the room. And I guess the point is, we get it. When we promote the idea that God would use the pain of betrayal to refine the wife's faith, it sounds almost cruel. And if you feel that way, please do what Carol did. Well, (laughs) don't throw your phone across the room. Do what she did after that. She prayed, God, show me if what Kathy is saying is true. Also, if you need counsel, please look into our wives program. It's 12 weeks and you'll receive solid biblical counsel from a woman who's been in your shoes. You can get all the details about that program on our website, purelifeministries.org. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.